Oh, when the world is crap and you've got the blues, just take a break from all that horrible news for something crazy, amazingly clever and never half assed. Except when it is. Yes, it's the Randy Rainbow Podcast. This song is almost over, girl, so wipe your tears. You're in for a treat and feast your ears on this remarkable feat. Yes, it's a famous celebrity. Finally, Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Randy Rainbow Podcast. It's me, your host, Joan Collins. I'm here in studio with the usual suspects, the lovely Riley, the lovely Rebecca, and of course, a new friend to the show. I say new, but he's my old friend. Oh, let's not push it. One of my oldest. Actually, I just came in from off the street looking for food. Well, this is my dear friend, Paul Pecorino, joins us in studio. Hi, Randy. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for being here. Okay, that's enough. See you later. Thanks. Paul and I, well, Paul's story is that he discovered me. Oh, do tell. Yeah, I wrote about it in my book, which Paul has yet to read. Okay, wait. I was told, yeah. not that I expected this, only I was told I was going to be given, given. a book. Oh, you got to be kidding because me. Because I'm listing the acknowledgments. So mm. when he told me he was writing it, he said, Paul, I'm going to give you a book as a gift. Oh, my God, Randy, thank you. Have I seen this book? No. Okay, Rebecca, you will not you will not dare take his side in this. This is the most absurd thing I've ever heard. First of all, I have your book for you. I've not I have a Barnes and Noble out of my life. When did the book come out again? And you still have it and you haven't given it to me, but yet you're giving out to did me. Did you not how many to, how often have you been to my, my apartment? Over here. <laughs> Rebecca, you'll be brought into this in a moment, but just hold on. Are you telling me you've been to my apartment how many times? Why have you not uh, first of all, I thought that I gave you a copy by the. Okay, I'm not saying anymore on uh, this subject. Paul, the book is twenty dollars. I am your dear friend of how long? But you're you're really waiting for me to to hand no, you a I'm copy not, of the fucking book? Only because you prefaced, I'm going to give you a book. I can certainly so go I'm out and buy punished? it tomorrow. Hmm? I'm being punished, basically. Because, Rebecca, go ahead. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I can. I don't think I can step into this one. This is not acceptable behavior from a dear friend. I on here to be abused. Let's talk about how I discovered you and why you're sitting anyway, here today. Yes, and I'm I would on like the street know. knocking okay, well, on the door begging to come in. Right. People want positive energy. Yes, positive. If you had read the book, you would have read that I talk about when I went uh, to therapy. May she rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Therapy bar here in New York. Do you, you know, oh, I thought you were talking about therapy oh, with therapy. a therapist. Yeah, I should explain well, because people yes, will be like, bitch, you better get back to therapy <laughs> after therapy. this conversation. Um, we met in group therapy. No, therapy is a, was was mm-hmm. a beloved bar and lounge here in Manhattan, right across the street, as a matter of fact. It's still there, but it's something new. Yeah, you know? it's, not, it's not therapy. But anyway, I was there with my friend Gerard one and I was the manager. He, I, and he was I the ran, manager. I ran, I ran the establishment. All right, we get it. Thanks. And I was having cocktails, and this was around my Mel Gibson days. This is when ah, I first started yes. making YouTube videos. And then Paul came up because you were a huge fan. Go ahead, tell it. Yes, no, this is true. I was. I used to watch his videos, and someone had <laughs> said to me. And then he stopped. And then I stopped because I still haven't gotten a book. So okay. anyway, now I don't care about your career. Do we have a book here? I'm not, I don't want to. Yes, oh here's my a book, yeah, asshole. I'll give it to you prop. on the way out. He's given me the prop. <laughs> Anyway, I was a big fan, and I had weekly shows, and I got in my brain that, God, this guy could host a really good show. 
And so I was very excited to see him dining in my establishment. <laughs> dining. And I went up to him, introduced myself, and I rue the day. No. And yes, and you offered me a. a I offered you a, did, a, a Sunday night. A spot Sunday night extravaganza. Doing what? Hosting. Tell them my big break. <laughs> His big break was hosting bingo. This is how it all yes. began. Yes. You wonder how our career it was all about in show balls. business starts? With balls. With balls. Actually, I made a. I made a. Oh, I just remembered this. Oh, yes, here we go. About, another let's one. Let's talk about this video. I made an <laughs> an opening video montage to start every show, and it was like a jazzy. Yeah, it was just me saying balls a bunch of times, but it was like a jazzy, like Chicago style. And come to the show. Yeah, you know, basically come see the show. That's a lot of effort for hosting bingo. I. Rebecca, that's impressive. I put a lot out there. I but, put a lot Rebecca, of work. Can I into share it? this with you? So Ugh. that in his, he started out this video where it was like the manager of the bar was introduced. Right. I kind of, I did sort of like a Fresh Prince of Bel Air kind of thing where I like told the story in the opening number of mm. how I got the, the job hosting Bingo. Mm-hmm. So it was that's like fun. you know I was sitting at therapy, minding my business, something like that. Yeah. And, and he shows me this video. I did not know what the and video was going to And we filmed it at therapy yes. on location. Mm-hmm. Which I allowed him to do, but I wasn't there that day. And I'm watching this video, and all of a sudden, there's an actor playing me. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, Randy. I couldn't have even played. You didn't even ask me to play that part. But I didn't know that you were even. In, uh, in, I don't get the book. I don't get anything. Oh, God. But I gave him his start, and here he is today. You weren't right for the part. You were too too tall. Um, <laughs> it's too tall to play. Story of my life. I'm sorry. It's too tall to play myself. Too, too tall, tall to, to yeah. play me. That's, too, that's the title of your book that I won't read. Is this video available? Is this on YouTube? Can we share this with I people? Was just think, I just remembered it. and I have, It must be on a on a hard drive somewhere. It's actually really fun. I think it's really like I'll try to, to find it. it. I can at least find the, the song because it was a catchy tune. Yeah. And so when he did his show, how long? You were there for? I was there two years was before two years. I got fired. But, well, then you got your big break anyway. Well, it, it, from, it was many from years pulling later. balls to, I don't know. What do you do now? Pull balls. Probably still <laughs> things with balls. Things with balls. I still love <laughs> Maybe, my balls. You know. So I just want to mention, Paul was just nominated. You had a musical that you wrote in the New York... The New York Theater Festival. Theater Festival 20, in October. yeah. And you were just nominated for Best Musical and Best Actor. I know, which is great. Congratulations. Thank That's you. That's wonderful. You know what's really great, too, is, you know, there's not a lot of festivals anymore in the city, sadly. A lot of them disbanded. I don't know, for lack of money. I don't know, COVID, whatever happened. And the New York Theater Festival is one of the only ones that is still in existence. So it's really a great opportunity for people to get their plays out there, their musicals out there. And I think we need new voices. We need new works. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And so I was I was thrilled to be accepted in the festival and thrilled to be a part of it and to get some accolades now at the end. It's been really great. Is there more life for this show? I hope so. Yeah, definitely. You know, for me, it was sort of the first time getting it on its feet which was exhilarating and terrifying all at the same time to see what was been in my brain for five years to now watch it happen. So for that reason, it was very helpful for me in seeing what worked and what didn't. And um, there were both of those things. So um, we are now working on the rewrites and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see what happens. And if I get a win, that would be even better. <laughs> it would help me move it forward. How so. can people find out more about it? Well, definitely on the New, the New York Theater Festival has a website and on there lists all the shows and musicals that were nominated. So that is a good Very way cool. to look at it right now. Yeah, Definitely. Thank you for well, letting me say it. Well, that. you made me say it. You said I had to say it. And the <laughs> well, you're not paying me over. to do this, so Jesus, give me something. I no, don't even I, get a book. 
I, oh, here we go. I don't even have the CD. We have everything you need. <laughs> can I have you, the bowl? Can I have the bowl what too? I want you to know because you're going to think you're coming out of this smelling like a rose, but all of the at home listeners are <laughs> going to say, hate me. The best friend couldn't buy a fucking book. That's not. I. You know what? Can we edit uh, this out? No, we Thank cannot. You. We're, we're using only this. Out, we're that cutting the, the interview point. portion. We're, we're cutting the real guest, and we're just going to use this, <laughs> and we're going to play it on a just, loop. I'm going to be canceled even before I began. <laughs> yeah. So I think you're a terrible friend, but also a great friend, and I love you. And yes, we'll I love you at, too. Thank you for having me, and thanks for yeah bringing up my show. Absolutely. Well, and hopefully you'll get to see hopefully it. Hopefully it'll have it'll have life and. Uh, I'll get a free ticket because otherwise there's no chance in hell that I'll be there. <laughs> we have a great. That's why I didn't buy the book. We have a very exciting show planned for you tonight. I just did a little Judy Garland. We've got Barbara Streisand. No, we have really <laughs> fun guests today. Rebecca. Who is it? It's Mary Trump. Yes. Yay. Trump and Rainbow together at last, but the good Trump. Now, Mary and I have met a couple of times. I was on her podcast as a guest, and she moderated one of my book tour talkbacks, I think in Philly or something. So we are old pals, but now she's like coming into my turf. What are we dying to ask Mary Trump? Anything you can think of? Let's put our heads together. I just want to make sure I ask her all, all of the juiciest questions. There's so many things. There's so many. I know. Well, I mean, we have like, you know, now her uncle is back in the news. She has opinions. Does she have a direct relationship with him? Do they? Like, are no. they, do they have any actual contact anymore? No, of course not. No, 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 no. But, you know, she certainly has opinions. I mean, you know, what is her view on this person? This public figure that we know of, you know, as a public figure, we've not met this man. Most people in the country have not met this person. And there's intrigue. Like, is this who he is? Is the, his persona who he is behind the scenes? Is this who the man that she grew up with as an uncle? Like, yeah. I, I, that's interesting to me. Yeah, no, I agree. Like, seeing what was he like as a family member. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are we, <laughs> is you, this him? Yeah. Did you go to functions together? <laughs> They're like yeah. family reunions. And <laughs> I think there's no real him. I think he's just sort uh-huh. of an empty vessel. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> that's just sort of puppeted by this this extreme narcissism. So he kind of, I think... There was probably no evolution ever that, you know, we've seen that. That's that's not happening. And we kind of bonded. I'd like to talk about this a little bit more because my father in the book that if you had read it, you'd know there was a chapter called Donald Trump is my father because my father was a textbook narcissist and shared a lot of the qualities of Trump, but even just down to the cadence of his speech, like he would talk, he would sound like that. He was just part of that sort of... Really? That sort of toxic masculinity uh, from a certain generation, uh, kind of specific to New York. He was born and raised, you know, in Queens where where Trump was born. Well, and the thing is, when you're talking about, you know, even just narcissistic personality, there are a lot of narcissists in this world. Why are you looking at me when you say that? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there are so many people that are going to relate to knowing someone or having a family member or friend that has similar traits so we can't just dismiss those humans. Well, I think you know, this— what, How do we—what do we do? This is why it was so, I think, triggering for so many people and unearthed so many daddy issues, mm-hmm. you know, and, and continues to do so whenever Trump is, is brought in uh, on the scene because he kind of exhibits all of those textbook That's a good point. characteristics of like a, a, you know, just kind of like a bad dude. Most definitely. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, but we also have to ask her about Patty Lapone because she's a big Broadway fan. She's a Broadway geek. And she, you know, Patty Lapone and, and she kind of linked up. 
somehow. Oh, yeah, I think that. Patty was reached out to her. I forget the, the, the story, but we'll be back with Mary Trump right after this. Hi, Randy. It's Ashley from Alabama. I love your work so much, and you are so talented and fun. I can't wait to see your show on the Broadway cruise this spring. You have so many different types of work, your shows, your videos, your albums, your book, and now your fabulous podcast. I was wondering which type of work do you enjoy the most? Well, thank you so much for the question. I enjoy everything that I do. I'm very blessed to say. I do have to say that probably the videos that I make, the par- the music videos, uh, you know, kind of allow me to be the most creative and I get to write and, and act and sing and, and edit, which I really like. So after I make a video, I feel very creatively exhausted and fulfilled and satisfied. I'm so excited that you're coming on the Broadway cruise this March. And I think there are still a few tickets available. It's going to be me, Kristen Chenoweth, Alan Cumming, Laura Benanti, and a whole slew of Broadway stars like me. I've never been on Broadway. I'm the only one who's not actually from Broadway, but you know what they mean. I think you can get some tickets if you go to thebroadwaycruise.com and we'll see you there. Hi, Randy. My name's Nancy. I love your show. I love all of your videos. You helped me survive through the orange turd rain. And I just want to know if you ever get down about it. I mean, it was easy to laugh. And then it gets to a point where you just can't laugh anymore sometimes. So I just wondered if you go through those downtimes, because I think you're hilarious. But I know it's hard sometimes for me. Thanks. Love you. Well, I'm so glad that people like the videos because it's been very cathartic for me to have a creative outlet to run to whenever some shit goes down in the world on the news. Because otherwise I'd just be drunk in a corner. Paul, you know me. I do know you, yes. I'd be the one making the drinks. That's right. (laughs) That's really why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) But um, so, yeah, that helps a lot. And I really realized through the pandemic how much I kind of relied on that creative outlet to keep me afloat. Because I can get depressed. I can get down. So, yeah, thanks, everybody, for liking the the work because it gives me a fabulous distraction. Hi, Randy. I can't wait to hear your new podcast. Do you think you'll ever bring Donald Jessica Trump in for a brief interview? I mean, very, very brief. Thank you. Rebecca, I think we have him on the He's on the list. He's on the list. We've reached out. His people reached out to us. We're trying to find a time. Um, no, I don't think so. That probably won't happen. I'd like to think, because people sometimes ask me, what would you say if you actually met Donald Trump in real life? And I'd like to say that I'd be as, you know, quick and witty as I am in the fake videos that I edit together cleverly. Um, but I think I would, I wouldn't be, I'd probably just get diarrhea. (laughs) Um, I think that's an appropriate response to being in his presence. Yeah. There would be no musical, uh, you know, show tunes happening, probably, unless he initiated one. He is a fan of musicals. Maybe yeah, we I, can I, work I, something out. Well, I'm going to ask, because we, we do have a Trump on the show today. It's not Donald Jessica, but we have one better, the one and only Mary Trump. So let's see what she has to say about all this. If you would like to leave me a question, comment, 
or concern or ask me advice or anything really, go to the show notes, click the link and talk to me. And now a quick word from our sponsors. Hello, friends. Randy Rainbow here for Hunter's Digital Protection. Nowadays, everything we do seems to be online, whether it's our medical records, banking account information, or pictures we took on a three-day cocaine-fueled sex bender in a Baton Rouge Motel 6, our data needs to be protected. With Hunter's Digital Protection, all your data and sensitive material will never be erased or deleted, protecting and exposing your memories for years to come. Lost your cell phone in Tijuana? No problem. Forgot to pick up your laptop at a Delaware computer repair shop? We've got you covered. Our state-of-the-art technology was funded right here in the USA and developed by the best Ukrainian hackers tax dollars can buy. There's no information or incriminating evidence that hunters can't protect and preserve. Hunters stores hundreds of hours of your personal photos and sex tapes so you can feel confident you'll be able to share your and your family's memories with your prosecutors when the time comes. Our high-profile clients include Hulk Hogan, Anthony Weiner, Matt Gates, Alex Jones, Madison Cawthorn, former Toronto Mayor Rob Ford, and many more. What are you waiting for? Light up a Marlboro Red and take control of your online data. It's Hunter's Digital Protection. That was really a kick, but enough of that skit. Time to drop all the shit now. So let's cut the shit. I think a fabulous Kiki. My guest today is a respected psychologist and best-selling author. She's the host of her own political podcast, The Mary Trump Show, and a proud and openly gay mother. Oh, and her uncle also happens to be the notorious orange supervillain and former president Donald Jessica Trump. Please help me in welcoming the incredible Mary Trump. Hi, Mary Trump. Hi, Randy Rainbow. Welcome to my podcast. I, I'm so excited to be here. Where's Patty Flacking Lapone, though? Patty, I see. I told you that the first thing she would bring up is Patty Lapone. She's obsessed. I could, well, I don't like to use that word because I don't like to scare people off. Well, but I, I am, I am in awe of her, and I'm not in awe of many people. Well, see, this was the thing that I, and I always, of course, ask every guest that I have, is there a connection to musical theater? Mm -hmm. And with you, I was as surprised as anyone to to learn. I don't know why. I didn't, I, I didn't expect it. But well, you're a musical nerd like I am. Total nerd. Um, and I mean, it, it's surprising to people who don't know me because nobody else in my family has any interest in culture of any kind. You're kidding. <laughs> so, I know. It's shocking. I'm glad you're sitting down when I said that because it does come as a surprise. Okay. Yeah, uh, we started—my mom actually took us to Broadway shows from the time I was a kid. I grew up in Queens, and it was sort of the thing to do. What was the first Broadway show? I think it might have been—oh, actually, my dad took me to the very first—it was off-Broadway, but it was Jesus Christ Superstar, and I think I was five or six. You mean Cheeto Christ Stupid Czar, as I renamed it. Um, well, it hadn't— it was in its original form. It was in its original form yeah. before I got my hands on it. Yes. <laughs> Ever go with your uncle to any Broadway musicals? He actually yes. loves, isn't he a fan of 
of, he said, I think that's what sparked my parody was that he yeah. was a fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber musicals. Yeah, I think uh, the word on the street is that at one point he wanted to be a producer. Imagine how much better off the world would be and how much worse off entertainment <laughs> would be. Oh, my God. Right? You're right. Yeah. Um, although it wouldn't have lasted long. He would have just lost so much money for people that it just would have ended quickly but yeah we would have had a couple of flops instead of the end of uh, civilization the as we one know it. huge flop one <laughs> huge i mean they wouldn't have even put that shit up at joe allen's that would not even be a poster that would be such a big flop even they would not yeah it, exactly uh but yes I, I i did go to a broadway musical with donald oh my god remember marla maples very well okay she was in the will rogers follies <gasps> When they were, I don't know if they were dating or engaged. I don't think they were married yet. So on opening night, he invited the, the whole family and probably thousands of other people to have dinner. I think we had dinner at the plaza. I don't remember. And then we went to the Will Rogers Follies to see Marla in her debut. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that like a nice memory? Do you have pleasant memories of your childhood specifically with Donald Jessica? <laughs> um, see, I brought it up first. Yeah. We were gonna we were gonna save that for the end, and I said Mary will probably make that joke first. I screwed the you whole. Totally I, I screwed up the punchline. Whatever. That's okay. That's okay. But since we since I brought it up, you can confirm that that his middle name is Jessica. Yes. Thank I you. We have that. it now on the record. So why do people doubt you? I don't know. I get no respect. It's just absurd. that's my catchphrase. <laughs> I just it's made original. That up. It's Thank you. Original. And then I loosen my tie. And complain about your wife? Exactly. Okay. Right. Take Good. my wife. Good. Please. I just, just want to make sure that I'm on board with all of this. <laughs> you know my act. <laughs> um, but pleasant memories. I mean, I think the there were a few un, not unpleasant memories when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're not the most fun people on the planet, my my grandparents and their kids. Yeah. Uh, my dad as, was actually hysterical in an amazing sense of humor. But when... It wasn't so much fun when he was around with them because they weren't very nice to, <laughs> you right. know, or by extension us. But Donald, we didn't, it's not like we spent a lot of time together. Like there were never any, like let, inviting us into the city to hang out and have lunch or, you know, we didn't ever go on vacation as a family, ever. No. Until my, I was in my 30s and we we started go down, going down to Mar-a-Lago for Easter, but like it wasn't a vacation. Like I've never been to the beach with these people Never been to Europe with these people, so it was there were very limited uh, opportunities. But I mean, I guess the best I could say is, unlike other people in the family, he included me. Like you know, I got invited to that. I got invited to his weddings, and mm -hmm. I know that sounds so pathetic. Like that's a, <laughs> of course, I'm his niece. Of course, I was invited to these things. Wow. But you know, other of my aunts and uncles didn't make any effort at all. So it's a little surprising. That it was him of all people right. who made the effort. And we got along, you know. I always thought he was an asshole. But, you know, he was he was ours. And I uh, got along with him. We were talking before, like, well, Rebecca was asking if there was any evolution from when you knew him as a child. Is this is what we see, what we get? I said yes. I, mean, I think when you're a textbook narcissist like that, you're kind of just an empty vessel. And so there's really nothing, nowhere to evolve from. It's a really interesting question. Or dev devolve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, when you're as pathological as he is, you can only get worse. You right. know, he's he has serious untreated mental illnesses. Yeah. However, he used to be better. I mean, he he was 
exactly who you see, but he had a spark of kindness. You could tell. He would try sometimes. He had the impulse. But because my grandfather had so distorted what the word meant, and again, because of my dad, kindness was always equated with weakness, it couldn't survive without any nurturing. And of course, the impulse was never nurtured at all. So like the the best way I can describe the impulse and how how deformed it was. I was sitting in his office. I think I was I was working on his book with him. And out of nowhere, he asked me how my mom was. Like she's fine. You know, he probably hadn't seen her in years. And he says, you know, I think it was a really big mistake for us to give her any money after your parents divorced because I just think it made things too easy for her and it might have been better for her if she had had to try. And I'm like, by the way, she got like $200 a week. (laughs) So it's not like she was, you know, this fabulously wealthy, uh, you know, ex-Trump. We lived in Jamaica, Queens, in a quite run-down apartment building my grandfather owned. (laughs) So it was just like he... He had that, you know, he really was looking out for her in a way, but he just doesn't know how to express it without coming across as just a phenomenally awful person. Yeah, well, I was watching, um, I think we were just talking about this with, with Sarah. I was watching an interview with Joan Rivers, and she had just come off Celebrity Apprentice, mm-hmm. and she's singing the praises of of Donald Trump and uh, Herschel Walker. Wow. Who was, I guess, a contestant on that show at the, at the same time she was. How did I miss that? It's the craziest shit because you you just like, I'm dying to know and we never will know what, what <sighs> how, because Joan would have turned on Donald, I'm sure of it. Oh, yeah. But, I, I think that's true. But even then, I mean, there was, there was, you could even see there was a spark of, dare I say, you know, charm and humor and well, listen, yeah. he has charisma. Apparently, they—that's what they tell me. I mean, me. not to me, not to you, but he's to terrible a lot of with people. me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there, and I think it was something else. It was charm. Yeah. At one point, and I think part of that is because he's so desperate for people to like him. Yeah. Actually, I don't like putting it this way because it sounds so obnoxious, but I had kind of the misfortune of going to the, the White House for my aunt's birthday party in 2017. And I hadn't seen any of them. Well, you know, I'd been kicked out of the family, so I hadn't seen any of them in 10 years. So it was kind of anxious. And I had, I think the last time I'd seen Donald was at Ivanka's wedding. And I approached him with much anxiety uh, and he looked at me. And he pointed at me and he said, I specifically asked for you to be invited. Hmm. And in my head, I'm thinking, no, you didn't. <laughs> but he, because of course he did it. Yeah. But like he so wanted he me to feel on. good and comfortable, mostly because, again, he wants, he wants the gift of your liking him. Right. But see, it's kind of fascinating. And I think it can get misinterpreted. Right. What's with that Ivanka? <laughs> what, what, where is she now? Like what's going on? You know. Some people are like they they applaud her, was not not many people, but I mean, is she is she taking the stand that some people think that that she is? What no. is she doing? I know shaking my head is useless yeah. on her podcast. Please, uh, no. there's a mic, there's no. a whole microphone there. No. For you. But what did she do recently? I mean, I I can't even remember. She kind of stepped away from all yes. of the, the thing. But I mean, that was self serving, I guess. Was was that in any way 
like a, a public uh, service or statement? Well, any the less she's in public is a public service. Well, sure, that, sure, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I guess and she's, those damn purses of hers. Yeah, they she, can't get rid of those. Yeah, she she's stepping away so her governesses can spend more time with her children. Okay. I guess I'm not really sure what's right. going on there. However, it's every relationship in my family is transactional, and if you look at his three oldest kids. She's the only one who's actually rich without him. She's married to a phenomenally wealthy person who's now even wealthier thanks to Saudi Arabia, and she doesn't need Donald anymore. It's I think she and Jared finally got to the point where they realized that aligning themselves with Donald costs too much, and they're better off just cutting ties. Donnie and Eric are totally dependent on their father. Yeah. We were talking when you first sat down. The last time I saw you was when? 150 years ago or two months ago? I can't remember. It was 150 years. Because that is what this year has been. It was, the, I can't and believe it was, actually it was this neither. year. <laughs> but it, it was, it's like six months. It was ago. neither. It was six months yeah. ago. You were nice enough to moderate one of my uh, tour stops when I, when I released my book. They were surprised, one, when you came on stage without a feather boa, and two, they were surprised when I showed up at all. They're like, what is she doing here, and what is this? See, I blame marketing for that, but we did hear that, like, he didn't sing. Why didn't he sing? Right. But it said, if if you just read, I apologize, but I was there as a New York Times bestselling author. There was no singing, but we did get letters after, so— my point is, next time we do that, we got to work out a couple of I will figure out. As long as Patty fucking Lapone is there, I'll do Lepone. whatever you want me to do. Tell me again how you met Patty Lapone. How did she come into your life? Well, she, unbeknownst to her, came into my life when I saw Evita when I was 13. I mean, that was a banner year. I got to see Patty Lapone and Evita and Jessica Lansbury and Sweeney Todd. Angela Lansbury. Why did I say Jessica? Because you were thinking of Jessica, <laughs> the character's name on uh, Murder, She Wrote. It was Jessica Fletcher. Fletcher. I was actually thinking of Do- Donald Jessica Trump. You were thinking probably, of, you had probably. Donald Jessica on But it worked brain. both ways. Anyway, Angela Lansbury, who is also one of the people I'm so in awe of. Um, she rests. We just lost her. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I feel the same way about that as I feel about Stephen Sondheim. It's horribly sad, but we're so lucky we had them so long. So long. Yeah. And, they'll ne- and their work will never leave us. Never. So that was that was probably the year, you know, I've been going to Broadway shows all along, but that was the most phenomenal, ex- those two experiences until I saw Patti LuPone and Gypsy, uh, right? <laughs> Which I saw four times and sobbed. I saw it in every incarnation leading up to Broadway. And then I was at opening night. And then I saw it like 40 times after that. Yeah. Life-altering experience. Life-altering experience. Yeah. And Laura Benanti wasn't too shabby either. <gasps> Laura Benanti's coming on the show. And um, we're doing— I'm just going to hide behind the couch yeah, come until back any, that happens. Come back anytime. And um, I'm doing the uh, Broadway cruise oh. this uh, spring with Laura Benanti, oh, wow. Alan Cumming, Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be— yeah. I suddenly like cruises. I know. I've I've not been on a cruise. Do you you've not, do, you do. you don't like? No. I worked on a cruise when I dropped out of college mm-hmm. um, five years ago, and I was there for like a month. I know. I read your book. It was you, five years ago. Oh, thank you. You read my book. Yeah, Rachel? I did. All right. There's some more political questions to get to. The Respect for Marriage Act mm-hmm. just passed. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Is that is that something we should be very hopeful about, or is it is it a shame that we're even having to worry about protecting our basic 
Yeah, right. it's a shame. It's it's and it doesn't go far enough. I mean, I had, I understand that there are a lot of reasons, uh, logistical reasons for that. Um, and and it's much better than nothing. But I'm also tired of saying that. Yeah, it's sort of bittersweet. I'm very grateful, of course, uh, but like you probably just horrified that anything like that needs to be done and horrified that it it did, doesn't go far enough. And what, how do you mean it doesn't go far enough? Well, like a Burgefell established this right, this constitutional right, and the Respect for Marriage Act, it's not entirely symbolic, but it's more symbolic than legislative, I think, in some ways. And again, like anything else that passes, it's a water, watered-down version of itself because we, because of the filibuster. Mm. You know, we, we need those 10 Republicans just to, to say whether or not it can move forward to a vote. I mean, it's such a broken system. So, um, you know, uh, it's always better to, to make progress, no matter how incremental. And it, it's sort of like getting the 51st senator. But, mm -hmm. Cinema notwithstanding, because nothing she does is going to change. She's just needed attention. Um, 51, besides the fact that it's just, it does make life easier for Democrats uh, legislatively, it's one more seat that gives us a little bit of breathing room in 2024 when the map is is difficult for us. Right. So any bit of progress, I'm not complaining. Uh, right. Well, it, does, it sounded there's like I was some, complaining. That was a little complaining, but yeah. there's always, oh. but with good reason. Yeah. What do you, these, these, these like Marjorie Taylor Greens and Lauren Boberts, who when they first, I mean, you know, people have been dismissive. I was dismissive of them when they first came on. They're good fodder for yeah. <laughs> musical comedy satire, yeah. but they've proven that they're, they're to be taken quite seriously. What do we do about that? Well, certainly Green. Um, she, make no mistake, she is the most powerful Republican in Congress right what now. What the fuck is that? I don't know, and I I find her so repulsive. I mean, Canis. as a human being, just just I you know I I can't goes even, out of her way to be yeah, and then complains about it. Yeah, you know, she's a Karen. Stirs up all the the drama with her hatred and cruelty, and then you know just pitches a fit when somebody responds uh, because she's just awful. And I, it makes, and she's also in an incredibly gerrymandered district. So, can't even primary. Uh, and I was speaking to somebody recently, who was interviewing people who support her, and like, yeah, we don't really like the over-the-top stuff that she does sometimes. But when they stripped her from her committee assignments, we took that personally, and they literally will support her no matter what now because they feel like something was taken away from them. It's mm -hmm. like, but they were taken away from her for a reason. You know, she she was say, I, I don't remember actually, there are so many horrible things. Was it because she attended the Nazi rally with Nick Fuentes or she called for the uh, murder no, of Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, or, one, one of those one of little those. things. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. I can't even remember myself what it was. So even when you hold them accountable, there's backlash because it just increased support for her. I just saw a clip of her saying that, well, she said she was being sarcastic yes. because she doesn't know what sarcastic means. That's right. But she was fetching that she had been blamed for January 6th and that she mm. had organized it and said that if she yeah. had organized it, they would have won. Yes. What, I don't know what that means. Yes. And been armed. 
and been armed, which yeah. they were. It was that was hysterical? It was brilliant sarcasm. Didn't so she good. Say? So she's good. she's doing my bar mitzvah next week. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. the worst. You're one. precocious because you graduated from college five years ago. And you're not. I'm even a late bloomer. Yet? Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, but that's the worst when they think they're funny. On top of it, or when they know that they've made a wrong move and now they're just pretending it was a joke. Like Donald does that all the time. Oh, well, that's, that's has, from the Donald Trump yeah, playbook. It's, it's, yeah, it's a humor. So how could he possibly have been joking anyway? They can just just say, I didn't, oh no, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. And people now believe them. Is that social media? Is that what's done that to us? That made That's made that acceptable? I think it's social media, but it's also the, the, the way information has become siloed. So nobody ever has to go out of their way to be uh, exposed to different views. And I think it allows the normalization of so much horror mm-hmm. and cruelty that they just don't care. <laughs> as long as as long as their team is scoring points, they don't care how it's done. They don't care who's doing it. They don't care who gets hurt as long as the right people are getting hurt. That's horrible. Yeah. What's your relationship with social media these days? I'm, I myself, am, I don't know what to make of I it. I haven't seen you on Twitter in a really long time. I've been on tour, so yeah, that's true. Really, I use it to it's when I make a video, you. I yeah. drop and go. Yeah, okay. So you know, that's yeah, that makes you'll, sense. There'll be a lot more material for obvious reasons coming up, so you'll see more of me. But even but but like there was a me- I lost a lot of followers on me too. Twitter. Yeah, me too. You know, and I can understand why it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I'm not judging anybody who leaves. Um, a lot of people are judging people who are staying. I'm being judged for for still being yeah. on it, but it's like that's mm-hmm. my business. I feel, as I'm sure the people who follow me do, that the more people who see me and hear me, the better. And um, yeah. so I'm going to utilize every platform that I can. And Twitter has been important for so many reasons, for promotion reasons. It has been an incredible news aggregator. Like I don't use Twitter to get my news. I use right. Twitter to find out where to go to get more information about something. Um, And you cannot discount, not that you are, one cannot discount uh, just the community. It it literally, think about what Twitter was for us during, one, during Donald's, the beginning of his administration, Mm -hmm. and two, during COVID. Yeah. I mean, I I literally can't imagine what my life would have been like without Twitter. That might sound weird, but, you know, I've been on lockdown since November 9th, 2016. So, you know, and finally, when I was able to start engaging people after the book came out, it it was extraordinary. You know, we're all locked in our apartments and our basements or wherever we were. Um, So there's nothing else like it out there. Uh, I don't know. Musk is doing everything in his power to destroy it for us. But if we're smart about it, I, I just think that that the left concedes far too often. And right now, it's not worth it. It might become untenable um, because it is it is an awful place to be. Now. Well, that too. I mean, even before Musk took over, it's you, not a fun place to hang out. You block people. Like, I only follow people, like-minded people. So... I only see bad stuff if I read my comments, which I'm, like, not doing anymore because they're, like, it used to be 1% bad, and now it's, like, 50-50. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Bad comments, I've never I know. Well, who would say anything bad about you? Yeah, no. I mean, that's absurd. Sorry, I can't relate. I get it. I don't know. I mean, whatever. We'll see how it goes. But now, speaking of all the material that I'm about to uh, happen upon, Mm -hmm. um, come upon because of 
McDonald's announcement, et cetera. What um, musicals would you like to see me parody uh, first in the new year? And who would, would you like the subjects to be? Well, Sweeney Todd is always at the top of my That's list. It. I have a couple of Sweeney Todd's in the, possibly in the works. That's who should who happy. should who should I um who should be my first subjects if you have like top three? You know the problem with that list is that the people I most hate are the ones who should most be parodied. But then I don't have to. I just like I don't want to see anything about right Bobert or you know I I know you've done Green and 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 you have to I understand that but yeah. it's just like makes it a little less. Well, how do you think it's for me? I have to edit the oh, shit for even, hours on end. I can't end even and stare imagine. It. And you actually have to be on camera with them. Yeah, that's right. Because those are real. Because I'm a journalist, yeah. and those are real interviews. And I'm actually. Oh, I've seen all them. of your interviews Thank on you. YouTube. So don't I tell know. her she thinks the interviews are real. Um, yeah, but no. But I the say, one with Melania and the pith helmet. She hasn't called me back since. <laughs> but I say in my book, I have spent so many hours staring at Donald Trump's face in editing over the last since since you know for five years that I'm impotent. That's what it did. I can no longer have children. <laughs> And you're welcome, America. <laughs> but we're gonna. So what's gonna Sorry, be now? I'm laughing. I think that's <laughs> cruel of you that I just divulged uh, medical information about myself. I know HIPAA. Um, I get it. <laughs> but okay, so now that it, it was not the splash that he wanted when he made his announcement, no. which was hilarious because it was like even so if he had hilarious. waited to when they some people were advising him to wait even that wouldn't have been the splash that he wanted it's just a, it was a flop talk about a flop so what's what's to come what do you predict well i just want to give a little bit of advice to anybody who's there um they're going to lock you in <laughs> so bring supplies there where they locked people in cuz he when he announced the first time around he was rambling that this mass of people started to leave. So security closed the doors so nobody could leave. Oh, you mean at the... At, the, at his announcement. Yeah. Oh, at home. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I... Did Did you see the, the superhero cartoon that he put on Twitter or Truthed? No, Central. Truth Social. Well, it literally is somebody made a video... Of Donald as a superhero. Oh, I think I did see that. Yeah, with, you know, ripped. He's got muscles and abs. and And, and it's such dark Brandon envy because he's, his eyes are all lit up and he's got laser beams coming out of his eyes. And clearly he's the superhero in his own little mind. Um, so I, I have to think, I, well, who knows? But my hope is, mm-hmm. and it would make sense given, given the data we're seeing about DeSantis, that he's going to announce his run, a la Kirsten Cinema, as an independent, or he's starting the MAGA party or something. I'm hoping that he's going to split off from the Republican Party. Oh, like what else could it be? He's already announced his run. And what would that do for Democrats? Would that be helpful? Oh yeah, it'd be amazing for us. It'll destroy the Republican Party. Yeah, that's good. And who um, will be his running mate? You don't seem particularly. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't. Nothing that anyone says is good or will happen ever is good or happens. Okay. Am I a pessimist? It's probably going to be terrible news for us. I don't know. Well, I I keep waiting. I mean, like people have been saying since you know since this first started that you know here it comes. Here comes. I'm so with you. I mean, but again, this isn't something 
bad that's going to happen to him. This is something he's doing. That's true. But in terms of his being held accountable, I mean, if one more person says to me the walls are closing in, I'm going right. to dropkick them. Thank you. That's what yeah. I, that's what I yeah. guess I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah, because that I'm not saying the doors aren't closing in on him, but they have been for five decades now. Yeah. So they're either they're really big, heavy doors. Yeah. Or where, I, I don't know. Where are them doors? <laughs> um, who will his running mate be? Me? You know. <laughs> Do I have a chance? I think by rights it should be you. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. You really want if he really wanted to make a statement. Oh, that would. <laughs> that would one that two, would really would divide. Be, it would be hysterical, nation. and t- it might be his only hope. Yeah. Does do you think he's got someone in mind? Yeah, I, he probably does. Please, please uh, tell me. Well, I don't know. Or you don't know who? Of it course, is. but um, what I will say is that before the election, I would have thought it would be somebody like Carrie Lake. Oh God, she's a horror movie. Yeah, she's a horror movie. Uh, you know what? I think if I ever had the great misfortune of being in the same room with her, I bet she's blurry in person. Like, she's just a blurry person. Yeah. Right? Right. You mean, like, pixelated? Like, gauzy. Kind of, yeah. You know? Um, but she she didn't win, and she's behaving like a total loser since then. Um, so, I, I hate to say it, and please don't let it be true, but uh, green, perhaps? Oh, my God. Well, now I'm going to definitely do Sweeney Todd. I have to do the whole yeah. first act, if that happens. <laughs> you just gave me so many ideas. <laughs> Oh, well, we'll continue to watch. Okay. We take uh, calls from the audience on this program. And so I thought that we, I'd save one for you and maybe you can help me answer oh, the, the, whatever the, yeah, this person is asking. Okay, Rebecca, hit it. Hi, my name is Kim Orr. And my question for you is that I understand that you were raised by a father who was narcissistic. And I am curious How was that life experience for you informative to the ways in which you understand uh, the ways of Donald Trump? Thanks. You're just plain awesome. Thank you. Well, I think we've discussed this a few times. I mean, hugely informative. Um, First of all, there is a chapter in my book that my friend hasn't read Mm -hmm. um, called Donald Trump is my father. Mm -hmm. Which for me, to anyone who's been following my videos, you know, all these years was sort of like the, you know, Luke, I am your father moment (laughs) in my origin story because I grew up with him in my living room. And so I feel like, you know, when I'm when I'm pretending to talk to him or at him, it's almost in some ways like I'm talking to my own father because I've these are conversations that we're all having that everyone in the country has been having about this man are the same conversations that I've been having with my mother and my grandmother about my father yeah. and to have, and, and, and I think it informed just the way I, the, the positive side is that it taught me to have a really sharp bullshit meter. So, cause he was, he was all bullshit all the time. So. Yeah. It, that was, that was a really fascinating experience for me when I read your book, which I re- recommend everybody do, including your friends. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're oh, welcome. Did you hear that? Thank you. You know, when, when I wrote my first book, uh, one of the things I wanted was for other people to realize that it's just a family, like other families, and we all, a lot of us have similar experiences. So then I, I read, especially that chapter, it's like, oh, wow, you totally get it. That It made, like, so many things fell into place for me in terms of your work um, and why it resonates so much. Um, so I think what's amazing to me is that other people who— 
may have had similar experiences, instead of identifying with the victim, so-called, identify with the perpetrator. Right. <laughs> you know, they just they just want a part of whatever Donald has. And it that like, that's the part that I find really quite repulsive. Yeah. Disturbing. Worrisome. Yeah. Thanks for bringing up my daddy issues. I have to go now. <laughs> Thanks, Kim. Uh, Thanks, Kim. Yeah, I think that it, as I was saying before, I think that um, the the this sort of textbook narcissism that that Trump exhibits, it's very recognizable to a lot of people. It mm-hmm. unearthed daddy issues collectively for you, you know massive amounts of people. I think specifically because, like I did, we we a lot of us saw those toxic men in our families in him. Yeah, and I think he's in some ways, uh, the perfect exemplar, because uh, there's a book called The Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is like the Bible of psychiatry. It's how we diagnose patients. And uh, there are, for narcissistic personality disorder, there are nine criteria, and you have to meet like three or four of them. He meets every single one. So many people see themselves in him or see their father or their brother or their grandmother or whatever yeah. in him because he literally he's like the platonic ideal of narcissistic personality disorder. Congratulations, Donald Jessica. We're so proud he of you. He actually accomplished that. I mean, that yeah. is quite an accomplishment. Yeah. It certainly is. Yeah. All right. Well, I we, we're starting to run out of time, but this the, the real purpose of this podcast is uh, to get me a date. Mm. And we've not been successful thus far. So well, I want early to... Days, add, early days. Yeah. Well, you mean for the podcast? Yeah. Not for well, my not dating for, No. Uh, how dare you? But I wanted to just ask just generally, what is your advice? If you could... You know me now a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know I have daddy issues. You read the book. Um, you know my fear of intimacy. You know I'm a, a total wreck of a human being. What up? Not really. But I am like on all the dating apps... That's not working. What am I doing wrong? Asking me for advice. Okay, thank you. That's all. We'll be back after this. Um, no, really? So there's nothing? I, I No, it's not It's not that there's nothing. I'm like literally the worst person oh. on the planet to ask. I, I have to be honest, and I'm not, I swear I'm not just sucking up. I kind of don't get it. What, why are you having trouble finding—are you having no. trouble finding a date or are you ha- having trouble finding the right person? Uh, I'm sure a- it's my fault. I don't put myself out there enough. You yeah. know, I have a fear of intimacy. And with the, you know, with the apps, like, I'm not, I'm not proactive enough. Yeah. I'm a little more recognized when I go on, and that scares me. So I got to find—that's why I had to start—I had to build this whole set. Mm-hmm. We recreated Lindsey Graham's childhood bedroom. Um, did a really good job. Thank you. And uh, I had to, you know— Start this podcast uh, under the guise of of a podcast, but it's really just a ruse to get me a date. Well, so we're gonna do we're gonna do a dating game, I think, and we're gonna. It, this is what I'll ask you: What is our plan, Rebecca? How are we gonna organize this? We're gonna invite men <laughs> into the studio after we vet them, of course. Yeah, we'll vet some men and do a speed dating round. Oh, do you think that's a cute idea I or a horrible idea. idea? No, I, I mean I don't think it's. I don't necessarily think it'll accomplish anything, uh-huh. but I think it's a great idea. Just for the rest of us. Oh, just for, for entertainment the, Just for entertainment well, purposes. as long as you're happy. No, honestly, though, like if you vet people, because one, somebody who's up for that is a fun person. Like, you right. know right away, all right, they're, you know, they're willing to take chances. And that's awesome. That right. says something about them. Um, yeah, I really like that idea, actually. 
And we also know that they're probably a fan of mine, and that's what I like in, in, in people. Well, I, it, I think it is very important that the, that's the, what I'm looking for the in main a criterion be that— Why are you laughing at that? That's important to me. You but, know that. Yeah, anybody who, who plays that, does that, needs to understand coming in here that you're the center of the universe. Well, thank you. Finally, someone who gets me. My best friend is a narcissist. I understand. Wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, sorry. My best friend is very secure in listen, his place in the universe. I think we all have narcissistic tendencies. I'm of not course listen. We, we all have healthy egos. We're, that doesn't necessarily make us textbook narcissists, but I know. <laughs> I meant it colloquially. Right. Like, in, there are circumstances in which we're all narcissists. And yeah. when you're talking about wanting somebody to be dating you, right? right. You want them to think that you're. Great. Well, when you do anything, There's nothing when you, wrong when, if with you're that. in show business, of course, if you There's get on a stage, narcissism. if you do, yeah. You know, I didn't mean, I did not mean it as a dick. Get out of my studio. Uh, well, I think though that I have come to the I place try. where I, I, I am accepting that I am a flower looking for a gardener. You have to, right? Is that the term? Wait, what? Wait, that's not what you think it means, Paul. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that the, what they say? You're, you're, Nurturing? You're, you're, Yes, someone one one of the people in the relationship is oh, the flower, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. other is the gardener. I'd never heard that before. Paul thought I was talking about something sexual because he's disgusting. <laughs> I and love how I'm being portrayed. I probably shouldn't say this. <laughs> I, never I, work in the I can't even imagine again. how that's sexual, but that probably says more about me than I want to reveal. Listen, but, he'll he'll find a way to filth it up. So you 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 want somebody to to be there supporting you and nurturing you and Yeah, and but and, I I have that to give too. Yeah, but generally course. speaking I do I need someone to to care for me at all times. I'm a wreck. It's never 50/50. Right. And I think yeah, going into it people I need someone who who knows the you know directions to where we're going, who you know, I you know Somebody with GPS. G- well, I guess that's all. <laughs> Rebecca, <laughs> just find someone with GPS and I'll date <laughs> that, that person. That narrows it down. Yeah. All right. Well, I will. Um, when we get into the dating round, I'm going to invite you back. Yeah. And when we get down to like when we oh, do I get a vote? When we've narrowed it down, we'll do like a a, a whole uh, like RuPaul's Drag Race elimination round. Right, so, so they're going to be like rounds over several weeks, and at the end, the finalists from each round are going to come and be in the final. That's what I picture. I, right? Is this yes. is this, so this too, this too much of a production? Yeah, not complicated at all. Not complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thanks, Rebecca. Get right on that. Um, <laughs> Well, I can't keep you forever, although I would love to. What is go- what is next? What should people know? What you have your your fabulous podcast, which is a huge success. Who's been your favorite guest other than me? Because I'm glad you yeah, I'm glad you said that because otherwise it would have sounded bad. I know if I had said you other than me. Who who's been the your most interesting, most exciting? You know, I've had a lot of really great guests. Um, Fiona Hill, partially because she surprised me. Um, she had just written her memoir, and, you know, she's Fiona Hill. To get where she got, she has to be a badass. Right. Right? She has to have a spine of steel. And she was so personable and funny and nice and it's like, holy shit, I could totally see hanging out with her. You know, so so that was cool. Um, I don't know. Uh, Ellie Mistal, uh was a great guest. Joy Reid was just on. Oh, I she love her. She was amazing. I love Joy. She was great. And Ali Velshi, too. Um so I had a back-to-back MSNBC guest. Oh, but uh, Lawrence O'Donnell was phenomenal. He came to my Beacon show. when Sa- This was in 2019, Seriously? and Sondheim was in the front row with my mother. Oh. Nightmare. Um, my nightmare, her dream. And Lawrence O'Donnell was there, too. He came back. And, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
He's another musical theater person. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy. But you know, I that, that the interview show is great, but we added a Tuesday show where it's basically me and the same group of people every week. Uh we call ourselves the Nerd Avengers. Um and uh it's just like six, four, five, six of us talking about the news. So so viewers know that it's the same group coming back again and again and everybody's really comfortable and it's fun for me. It's less work for me. Yeah. Would you ever want to take this to television? Why aren't you on MSNBC hosting a show? I, I've often asked myself that question. No, I don't know. I, I, have I you would, been approached, as they say? No, I have not. I'm surprised. Um, no, well, I think uh, it's the same reason I can't get advertisers for my podcast. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's polarizing? It's me. It's my name. Oh. Uh, you know, it it scares people. And it's like, I'm... Yes, I'm a liberal progressive, but I'm not some wild-eyed lefty, you know. I'm not a Bernie bro or whatever they call themselves mm-hmm. or we call them. Um, you know, so it's it's sort of tricky. Um, also, I think there's there just aren't a lot of places. The left has been terrible at building up media infrastructure. We need We need really, really rich people who are willing to start new networks that are um, – Equal and opposite to Fox and Newsmax and OAN. And we don't have it. So, like, where other than MSNBC could my show go? Nowhere. Right. So, it's 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 a well, conundrum. Well, we'll follow you wherever you go. Will you ever do a, a, a duet with me in one of my videos? That would have to be up to you. Would you do it if I, I would if totally I wrote do them? it. You but would? you may not want me to. Well. I'm not tone deaf. That's all. Do that's, you, can you sing? Can you carry a tune? Yeah. I mean, I'm not tone deaf, but I, we whether can fix or not all I can, of that in post. <laughs> we'll just auto tune me. We'll auto tune the shit out of you. I, I, I haven't <laughs> sung a note. That's awful. Since 2017, it's all <laughs> it's all done in the studio post production. Um, no, but that would be great. People would lose their shit if I had you oh, doing it, and, and it would be so out of left a field. A little beast instead of a little priest, and it could <gasps> be about Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh shit. Oh, my God. That's a good one. I'm stealing it, that- not giving you credit. But you will star opposite me when we do it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's my blackmail. I All won't right. tell anybody Don't that tell it was anybody. my idea. They'll, they'll just have to look forward to it. But 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 Mary Trump, Trump and Rainbow together at last. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk it? Yeah, I could be your writing man. Listen, now you're talking. Yeah. All right. Thanks for being on my podcast, Mary Trump. Thank you, Ready Rainbow. This was so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> The show is over, girl, so thanks for listening. It's been alive, and damn it, don't you dare forget to subscribe. I promise next week will be ten times better than even the last. Except when it's not. Mary Trump, my dear friend, thanks for talking with me. I'm so glad that your apple fell far from Donald Tree. And that's the last.